Hey, what it do, sports fans? Welcome to the Sports Live podcast brought to you by Multimedia Live. I'm Sboom Jigeli, so your host, and I will be joined by various guests on this exciting new podcast to discuss the latest ins and outs of the sporting world. Hello and welcome to this week's Sports Live podcast. Yeah, it's a week after we released the 50th anniversary tribute to Kaiser Chiefs. If you've missed that, please go to our podcast page on timeslive.co.za. Search for the multimedia tab. Go to podcasts where you will find the Sports Live podcast. Otherwise, use hashtag Sports Live on all social media and you will find all the links that I've posted either on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So please go and check that out. It's the Kaiser Chiefs 50th anniversary tribute episode. It's featuring Keza Mutawung Sr. as well as Lebohang Manyama. Two very special interviews within uh, that uh, episode. And we also did a nice little rejig of Sam Marty's article, which was in the Sowetan on the 10th of January this year. So please go and check that out if you haven't listened to it already. I think it's one of the timeless pieces that we have done as a podcast, scripted podcast. And I think it was a brilliant episode to start off. It was our first, and hopefully we're going to have a whole lot more of those coming up in the future. But in this episode, we are talking Olympics. Yeah, in less than six months' time, South Africa will be competing for medals in Tokyo. Are we going to actually be on the medals table and how high? Yeah, we've had a few problems on the athletics and swimming side and I've roped in somebody who knows more about the subject than I do, David Isaacson. He's one of the senior sports writers uh, here at Arena Holdings. And David, welcome to the Sports Live podcast, first and foremost. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us, man. Um, It's a tough time, tough old time for athletics in South Africa or Olympic sports. What do you make of the Team South Africa's chances? I know it's still somewhere away. Um, but it's it's definitely squeaky bum time still. Well, yes. On paper, you're going to think we're going to struggle in, in Tokyo. But what's interesting is that historically, at every Olympics since mm. readmission, track and field has always delivered at least one medal. Okay. So, so that is quite a uh, promising <laughs> statistic. Yeah. And and I think we still got the the goods to do it. Obviously. There's going to be, we can assume there's going to be no Caster Semenya and Wade for Nikek. Still has to prove his fitness. We don't know what he's going to do this season. Yeah. Um, how he's come back from his injury. So take the two of them out. And, you know, you've still got Luva Manyonga. Um, mm. Manyonga mm. In, in the long jump. You've got mm. Rishwal Samaya in the long jump. Mm. And those two guys are capable of, of getting medals on, yeah. on their yeah. day. Um, Akani Sambine in the 100 is a strong contender for yeah. a medal. A 4 by 100 relay team, men's relay team, that's yeah. a contender. For, for a medal, okay, now that you've brought that up, actually, one of the promising young sprinters um, is actually from King Williamstown, if, um, if I believe uh, correctly, Nguilili uh, Titi. He's US-based. He's quit athletics altogether yeah. due to lack of funding. Isn't that going to impact our you know, sprint hopes, especially in the four by one hundred. Well, you know, we competed in Doha without him. Um, mm. I think part of the reason he he quit was funding, but also a, a 
kind of like niggling injury that he just couldn't get rid of. Right. right. And so between the two, um, he he pulled out, which of course is is a pity. Um, the deeper your pool, the the better your chances. But even without him in Doha, that team came fifth, mm. and mm. but that's included a terrible handover from. Um, I think it was Simon Mahakwe to Clarence Bonyai. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, I, I think that team has a lot of improvement. And yes. if they well drilled yeah, going yeah. into the Olympics, I think we can expect something from them. But obviously, you know, we can't afford for the Oaks who ran in, in Doha to get injured. You know? <laughs> so, That's the other thing. Yeah. Um, how's Anaso Jobotwana looking? Well, it's interesting. He's gone back to Altus, which is where he was based when he got his bronze in the 200 at the 2015 World Champs. Okay. And he's really been stuck in the wilderness since he came back from injury in, in 2016. Yeah, yeah. He's had the occasional race where he's shown a glimpse um, of what he's capable of, mm, mm. Um, but he just hasn't got it together yet. So hopefully, hopefully, um, you know, he can get it in time having gone back to to Altus that would be a huge boost to South Africa yeah um, but again we have to see what what he's going to bring is it possible that we could rope him into the four by 100 or is the 100 meters completely out for him and is just focusing on the 200 um no he's definitely the thing about the four by 100 is you need a couple of 200 runners in okay. the mix because oh, okay. you need guys who can run the bend etc right um i think <laughs> nasal's problem is that he hasn't covered himself in glory in the relays that he's taken part in yeah um certainly uh commonwealth games he hasn't been brilliant on the handovers you know but um but again that's something you can work on yeah and if he's going to run sub 20 200s a season if mm. and listen he hasn't done it for it's five big, years yeah. but um but if he's going to do that i think you might want him back in that that relay team now with regards to relay i think was it in rio where i think south africa didn't know who was going to run the four by 100 and that impacted uh, you know stuff like the handover the synergy between the, the runners and the sprinters i mean at what point who who's in charge of a, a making sure that okay look these are the four guys maybe with a fifth guy just in case there's an emergency or an injury or anything mm. like that do the guys actually get together and train because you've got anaso in durban you've got someone Mahakwe is probably up in gauteng you've got guys training on their own individually which they do i mean it's very individual mm. uh, athletics and then how does it all come together and is it isn't it a bit too late to then start working on your four by one hundred? Well, at the tournament. Well, historically we've been bad putting these relay teams together. Yeah, it was a problem in twenty fifteen. It was a problem in twenty sixteen when I think we actually didn't qualify a men's team for for the for, for Rio. Oh, they didn't even get to Rio. Um, twenty seventeen. Yeah, nothing to write home about. Twenty eighteen, we got the silver in Commonwealth. Okay, but only since twenty eighteen. ASA finally appointed a full-time relay manager in Paul Horis, mm, mm. who's a former relay runner himself, okay. top SA sprinter. And and with him, he's been organizing relay camps. And he's already got his date set out so that he's drawn up, having spoken to the athletes. So 
there will be camps a few times in South Africa before this season switches to Europe, mm-hmm. and and then there'll be camps there. So by the time they get to Tokyo, they will hopefully be very well drilled, and they will have competed a couple of times, at least once or twice, mm. in like Diamond League um, situations. You know, as which is the best kind of practice you're going to get, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so that's the one issue, and th- th- there should be at least five guys. Um, R- running it um, mm. or yeah because you're going to need someone to stand in yeah um, because the 200 final is the night before the 4 by 100 heats in Tokyo mm. and if Akani were to make the 200 final and if Anaso is in form and he makes the 200 final you can't have them running the heats the next morning right okay. so, you're gonna so you need, need to give them a rest for it you have to rest them but you need two guys in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And and you know the, the Japanese and the Chinese have shown that a great relay team doesn't need four great sprinters. You don't need like four Usain Bolts. No, you just need <laughs> four guys who can get their handovers done as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you can do really, really well. Yeah. Um at least it should be enough to qualify the team for the final. And at then, the very least. I mean we I think at some point behind Jamaica we had a top three Maybe behind Jamaica and the US, we we had like on paper that top three sprinting team, and somehow we just couldn't put it together. Yeah, well, relays is is practice. Yeah, it's not about the individual brilliance. Right, right, right. And and we it, it doesn't matter what that. the individual times are. I think at some point we had four four sprinters that had sub ten times, uh, individually sub ten hundred meter times. And you got Akani, who's who's done it probably the most of any South African sprinter, and but together they just they just yeah. Don't well, the, jump. well, the beauty of the the relay is there's not actually four guys necessarily running a hundred meters because of that um, area where you the, the handover, handover area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you can yeah. have it that one guy's running closer to ninety meters, another guy's running a bit yeah, further. And then, yeah, um, and. And so it becomes like quite a strategic game, mm, but mm, ultimately mm. your handovers have to be quick. <laughs> and you, yeah, the guys obviously want to get that baton flying as yeah, fast yeah. as they can. And what happened in, in Doha? Uh, we came back, I mean, it's world champs. It's the year before the actual uh, Tokyo Olympic Games. You know, usually, you know the the world champs will give you a little bit of a feel of how you're going to do but like you say historically so team south africa hasn't had the best prep ahead of uh, olympic games or games and um so what happened in doha first and foremost and can we do we have enough time to rectify the you know the performance that i thought was a bit of a disaster to be honest you know i don't know that the world champs was as bad as it looks in terms of the medals table. Okay. Yes, of course you want to win medals. But yeah, yeah. Um, but in London, two years earlier, we got mm. six medals. Which was, I think, our best Which was our best performance. performance. Yeah. So Wade wasn't there. Castor wasn't there. That's four medals gone. Okay. The other two medals were long jump, gold and bronze. Mm, mm. And, and those gold and bronze in Doha got fourth and fifth, mm. which isn't train smash territory right mm. but the long jumpers are going to have to work hard this year because there's new talent coming through and that's who kind of 
shock them in in Doha to some yeah. extent, and but it's not impossible. You know, they, they've got time to to get there. Okay. Um, I mean, I think Louvois has taken the limelight mm. um, because of his incredible natural talent. Yeah, yeah. But you know, someone like Rush is a hard worker, and and should never be discounted. Right. Okay. So. So you've got that. Akani's fourth place in the hundred. Mm. His top end speed in the final was nowhere near what it like should be mm, mm. and what it has been. And he got overhauled by Andre uh, Andre de Grasse. Mm. Um, you know, let him get his top end speed right this season. And and when it's mixed with his uh, start that has improved substantially yeah. since like 2015, 2016, you know, he could be running sub nine nine hopefully mm. and then that's metal territory right okay. um so i mean i'm very upbeat for for someone like akani because i think he's got a lot of room for improvement okay right so so that's something um but well, having on the women's side oof, um <laughs> <laughs> you see look outside the long jumpers and the sprinters i'm afraid i don't see um m too many opportunities for for, for medals on the women's side um, it's an A in the 400 hurdles. Yeah. She is a great future talent, I think. Mm. But mm. these Olympics are too early for her. All right, okay. Um, and, you know, people like, yeah, um, Clarence, Munyai, etc., mm. also have yet to prove themselves at mm. the highest level. Mm. Mm. But he's a very valuable member of the relay team. Mm. Um, so you know, even if you just come back with a relay medal, hell, I'm not going to complain. No, none, none of us are actually. Okay. If, we, if as long as we make some sort of significant contribution to the medals table, and it is a bit of pressure because of what we did in Rio or what Wade did and Luvo performing well, and you know how it all just came together in Rio, and everybody's expectations are. Are way higher than what they used to be. I mean, I remember when uh, Beijing ha happened and Hotsu Mukwena was a lone silver medalist who came back and with the sports minister, and they had a little quiet, little quiet ceremony, and it was like no one was really paying attention to what had happened in Beijing. And fast forward uh, years later, I mean, even the Paralympic Games uh, in Rio uh, the, the following year, they got one hell of a, a reception at OR Tambo and it was like the Springboks coming back, you know, mm. that kind of vibe. Did the real performance kind of set the bar way, way higher than it should? Or are we justified considering how many talented athletes we've got at this particular place and time? You know, it's an interesting question because there are various like angles to it. Mm. And the one is that from 2009, as a result of the disaster in Beijing. Yeah. Um, Saskok unlocked a lot of funding from Lotto. Okay. And a lot of that money at least found its way to athletes and to their preparation. Yeah, yeah. And and the success in London, which at that time was our best Olympics since readmission, um, six medals at the time it was like um, three golds, although it got mm. upgraded to four golds with Castor. Um, and yeah, and then the ration the being disqualified, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and then Rio was like kind of built on that, even though the funding didn't sustain at the same levels mm, mm. from London to Rio, the work that had been done and the advantages to people like 
Chad Leclerc, mm. Cameron mm. van der Berg, etc., mm. all carried through till till um, till Rio. I mean, Rio ten medals. Five of them were funded by Sascock, basically. Five of them right. weren't, and and it kind of was a almost a perfect storm, mm. although a little bit of a tragedy if one considers that our best ever has been ten medals. Mm. 1920, 1952, and then again 2016. It would have been great to have just got one more to make it our best. Yeah, all right. And right, if you right. think that we had four fourth places in Rio, ah, oh, that's insane. That that kind of shows you how close we actually we came could, to. Yeah, exactly. Even I've, made it 12 or 13. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. You know. So, yeah, it, it it was a great it was a great Olympics, but I think Tokyo, I think we'll do well if we get kind of like half that six medals you see so that's exactly what i mean like now the bar is set way higher i don't think we're gonna match what we did in rio no also there's we've got problems with wade not coming back and um what do you know about wade funny cook's injury i believe it's the knee injury yeah no it's the the knee i think the right knee that right that knee. he did was yeah. operated on and and the surgery that he had it's quite common in rugby. And what often happens when those players come back, mm. and they come back fine, but they come back slightly slower. Mm. But in that time that their knee's been out, they've worked on other parts of their body that may have been lacking in terms mm. of upper body strength, mm. whatever, mm. that they can train with the in injury. So they, but they make up for that slight loss in speed. It's not mm. a significant loss. And so Wade's challenge is to come back without a loss in speed. And and that's going to be the big thing. And I think it's not just how he comes back from the injury. Um, so that's the one element. The other element is mm. when he's going to have his first proper competitive race. He raced twice last season early on, mm. but they weren't proper races. Mm. Mm. And he was nowhere near to his like best yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of times. But um, so... If he comes back, say, at SA Champs in April, mm. and it's the second half of April, he's only going to have like two months to qualify um, or to get himself into shape at yeah, least. I yeah. mean, he can qualify as sure a defending can, champ. Yeah, get, a, get a qualification. Um, but you want to run time, a decent time. Yeah, yeah, You've got yeah. to get not just your body right, you need to get your mind right. He's right. got to have that confidence. Right. And uh, where where are the SA Champs going to be? They're in Pretoria at Pilditch Stadium. Okay, ah, the old Pilditch. I once went there when I was still at uh, Pretoria Boys High School. <laughs> I did hurdles there, got my ass kicked. Um, but anyway, that's not about me. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about as well as Casta Semenya. So she had lost her Court of Arbitration of Sports mm. um, appeal, I guess to the IWF where they're now forcing her to take um, a medication that reduces or supplements that reduce her testosterone levels yeah. if she wants to compete in the 800 meters. Now, she's gone for the, is it the 1,500? Um, no, she still has to take the medication for that as even well. Even for that. So for yeah. any race that she competes in or is she looking for a, a loophole somewhere there? You see, the loophole would be to go down to 200 or go up to 5,000. But anything in between requires the medication. Sheepers. And and that's the, the issue, yeah. Um, Do we know where she's leaning? I mean, she's put out a few posts where she said, no, she's not going to 
dope to 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 no. alter her you know naturally her natural production of testosterone i mean which is the fair thing um i mean she shouldn't be forced to take medication to reduce mm. whatever natural gifts that she's got to compete but unfortunately the the court ruled against her and i mean i think her only chance really is going to be the the swiss um federal court where she's appealing the the cas decision okay and I mean, that's, that's a, the last throw of the dice i would think so mm. and uh, uh when when sh- when can we know of, of that or do you know when we're expecting a decision from them and will it be in time for her to get ready for rio i mean tokyo not rio <laughs> um i think at the time that she went there they said the decision should be early this year okay and and i mean if she's kept up her training which i believe she has mm, mm, mm. then she she sh- that shouldn't be an issue if they clear her to run yeah it shouldn't be a problem because that's a big miss that's that's like two potential golds going potentially well, down the one gold one, one gold. the 800 okay. gold okay 1500 um Not so much. if if her rivals are running fast yeah they uh, you know she's she doesn't do those times yeah um yeah, yeah. and in the 400 as well that's also a tough mm. ask um certainly i think gold's out of her reach in the 400 in the 400 yeah the 400's been tougher i think but what's even tougher is is not being allowed to compete man i think that's do you think that would have taken a toll on her on the mental side you know what um i think kester is ex- is incredibly incredibly strong mentally mm, mm, i mm. think she's hugely tough what she's already gone through mm, mm. and to have weathered that storm mm. as an 18 year old in 2009 i remember yeah i mean that and was just landing back hectic. in south africa to the press and the iwaf and the poking and prodding and and the ridiculing by her rivals mm, by the public etc mm, etc et mm, um she is yeah it's, i think she's must be one of the What's strongest people living here out since there. now mm? is it 2009 yeah so it's yeah. nearly a full 11 years yeah 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 um, and so so i think in terms of that i think that's the least of her worries <laughs> <laughs> so she's been there done that i really hope for great news for customer because it means good news for team south africa as well as a whole now looking at um you know i wanted to ask about weight just to backtrack a little bit where did he sustain this injury? Because I heard that he was mucking about playing rugby yes, he was or touch rugby or something like that. Playing tag rugby at oh Newlands as and a celebrity Some stunt. Cele- oh, no. And it was just the most ridiculous thing. Does his knee and he hasn't been back for more than two years, basically. Sheesh. So it's like... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lesson to any professional athlete. Yeah, you like, stick uh, you to just what stick you do. To what you do, yeah. And you don't muck about with other things. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sure now it's not worth whatever it was that they were doing. No, which is, which is probably a publicity stand of some sort. And I mean, he's no Cheslin Kobe. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> <laughs> well, they apparently played in junior school together. But <laughs> so he should just stick to his lane, so to speak. But yeah. Um, on the swimming side, you wrote a story uh, this past Sunday. By the time you're hearing this, this is being recorded on a Monday, right after David Isaacson's story on Midmar Stars. 
in the dark. It was in the Sunday Times, February 9th. If you missed it, you better get online and check that out. You talk about Chad Ho and Michelle Weber's open water swimming chances of making the Tokyo Olympics uh, because they don't know what they need to do in order to qualify. Saskok hasn't released um, the the criteria yet. Surely by now, Saskok should should be able to tell swimmers and athletes what they need to do in order to qualify for Tokyo. Yeah, well, I think what threw a spanner in the works there was that um, in November, late November, well, the Sports Federation's making up Saskok called mm. a special general meeting mm-hmm. where they voted out the uh, qualifying criteria that, uh, that was already that, in, that were already before. in place. Yes, okay. and those were the criteria that basically prevented people qualifying through Africa. Mm. You had to always take the more difficult option for most sports. Yeah, and yeah. So are they cha- doing away with that now? Well, for these Olympics, yeah. Okay. Um, so now you can just—it's basically just like adopting the criteria that the international federations draw up mm. in. Um, in collaboration with the IOC. Mm-hmm. So, but now the swimmers aren't sure what do they have to do with their national champs? Do they have to finish top two mm-hmm. or do they just have to participate and then just merely qualify at a qualifying event? But then which qualifying event do they go to? Mm-hmm. Um, for open water swimming, there's an African qualifier in Seychelles mm-hmm. and then there's an international qualifier in... Um, in Japan, in Fukuoka. Who funds their trips to these qualifiers? Um, you know, in some cases, they might it might be self-funded. Other times it might be um, by, by Swimming mm. South Africa. I actually don't mm. know specifically in their cases. And also mm. don't forget they're not necessarily going to be the only South Africans trying to That's qualify. That's true, exactly. They might be the top of man and woman, but... There'll, there'll be a whole lot of others. I mean, there's a young guy who won Midmar, mm. 20 years old. Um, his name's Michael McGlynn. Okay. Who took off like a rocket, a torpedo, <laughs> and Chad came second, couldn't catch him. <laughs> Michael was gone almost from yeah. the start. He was gone. Yeah. 20 years old. He also does um, pool swimming. And so he's looking at like 1,500 meter freestyle possibly okay. or 800 freestyle. Okay. Um, and the same in the women, also 20 years old, um, Lady uh, uh, Robin Kinghorn. Mm. So they also got Olympic aspirations. So they, they want to be there just as much as Chad and Michelle. Yeah. And our tried and tested guy, Chad Leclerc, how's he looking? Well, we still got to see him in action, obviously, this season. Mm. I mean, properly, in proper, in proper action. Um, yeah. You know, but the fact that at World Champs last year, where he went there with a bit of a, a groin issue. He's mm, mm. been diagnosed with a hernia that he's chosen not to have it operated mm. yeah, and and do rehab. And he went there and he managed to eke out two bronzes in the 100 and the 200 butterfly. Mm. He's fairly promising. Mm, mm. Um, Olympics is a different kettle of fish. But the thing about Chad is he's, he's a consummate racer. So... Okay. He's always risen to the occasion, so hopefully he <laughs> rises to the occasion in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, but it's not yeah. going to be easy. Yeah, it's not going to be no. easy. No, yeah. I don't expect it will be. Finally, the um, uh, there was a, 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 a commission of inquiry into Saskok, and there were findings that came out. Uh, we'll delve into the deeper conversation maybe at a much later stage, uh, but. 
did anything come out of those that commission and its findings that will impact the current games? You said earlier that the criteria that existed before Suscox qualifying criteria had been done away with. I'm not sure if that was part of the commission. It wasn't commission. part of the commission. Okay. Um, that was the sports federations mm. saying, no, we don't want to do it. Because for Rio, mm. some of the sport federations were, were left out yeah, completely yeah. and they were unhappy. And that, I think... What happened in November was almost like a hangover from from that. Mm. Um, and and as, as far as the commission and but as far as the commission's concerned, Sascock is has made changes as recommended by the commission or the committee, as, as it was called, um, and as well as a couple of other changes, um, almost like demanded by the sport minister. To, he wants early elections. He doesn't want the board mm, mm. that's been in charge of Sascock to still be in charge going into the Olympics. Right, right. Um, and, you know, Sascock hasn't had lotto funding and government funding like it used to for a while. So I think once those things are done, it's, it, I don't, yeah, it's going to impact on Sascock. Mm-hmm. Some of these things, hopefully it doesn't impact on the athletes. That's right. the main thing. That's what I'm hoping for, that it doesn't trickle down. And, you know, this this close to a major, major event is, for me, it's always a little bit of a worry. I'm glad that Sasquatch's house is getting cleaned up. But, you know, the athletes, for me, need to come first. Well, I mean, there have been issues already. Last year, there were some delayed payments mm. because Sasquatch, not having a lot of money, mm-hmm. has to kind of rob Paul to pay Peter, which has also irritated the sport minister because they used money that was earmarked for an entry fee into um, an event in Botswana and they spent it on something else. Oh, um, I, I assume they didn't spend it on a party. They spent it on other creditors, etc. But You assume. Um, <laughs> but you never and, know. Um, so, so they've got this kind of... Um, uh, a dilemma and they weren't always being able to pay the athletes on time and I know some sports have been struggling yeah and yeah so one hopes that you know that gets sorted out quickly but equally having said that to come up with the money now for argument's sake if a whole lot of money was made available now Ew. it's too late you know if okay. you're not ready now you're not going to be Money's ready not for gonna make a difference. No. yeah 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 no all right, awesome stuff. David Isaacson, thank you very much. He's uh, definitely an authority on the conversation regarding uh, Olympic sports in South Africa and across the world. I mean, it's a huge conversation. We couldn't even talk about the um, the fastest uh, standard marathon thing that Nike did with uh, Elliot Kipchoge, which I wanted to ask as far as, you know, why wasn't it, you know, but we'll, 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 we'll get to that conversation at a much later stage, hoping mm. to have some more of these conversations, especially as we get closer to the, the games in Tokyo. Are you going? Yes, yes, I am. All right. Okay. Okay. Enjoy Japan. I was there for the first week of the Rugby World Cup. Uh, need I remind you again? Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm sure you're going to have a great time. I had a fabulous time in Tokyo. It was just for a week, though, but I had a great, great time. All right. That's the latest Sports Live podcast episode. Yeah, it's been a great conversation with David Isaacson. For more, guys, please, please, please go to our podcast page. It's on timeslive.co.za. Click on the multimedia tab. 
and you will see all the stuff that we've done in the recent past, which I think was great. Of course, this is a SAB Sports Media Award award-winning podcast yeah 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 we got one of those in the bank so we're doing something really great and hopefully you guys enjoy what we do david isaacson thanks for joining us and that wraps it up for this week that's it for me spoom chigeliso and you've been listening to the sports live podcast thank you so much for joining us do also catch us on timeslive.co.za as well as Sowetan Live, Business Live. We are also on Iono FM, the Apple Podcast Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. It could be Spotify, Stitcher, Castbox, Pocket Cast, wherever. To connect with us, please use the hashtag SportsLive. Share your comments with us at Times Live or at Sowetan Live on Twitter. A big thank you goes out to the multimedia live team led by Scott Peter Smith and producer Paige Muller, as well as the Teeth of Black Star Digital Sports Department, headed by Minawa Mchana Joko. Our sound and audio mixer is Innocent Manike. From us at the Sports Live podcast, it's goodbye for now.